0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope everyone is having a great morning today. I am Dr. Carissa Hines, your host of your favorite health and wellness radio show, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. And we are coming to you live today from our Atlanta studio at WWE Real 1100 AM. I want to welcome all of my Facebook watchers, listeners today. Hey, y'all, how are y'all doing today? Good to see y'all on and thanks so much for tuning in. So, we are talking about heart, heart disease basics because, of course, it's February. It's Heart Disease Awareness Month. But before we get into that, let's do like we always do when we start with our shout-outs today. Shout-out to my number one fan. Hello, Mom. I hope you are having a terrific Thursday morning today. Shout-out to family in Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Houston, Texas, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Charlotte, North Carolina, Ladson, South Carolina, macon georgia pensacola florida center alabama chesapeake virginia seattle washington washington dc centerville virginia columbia south carolina phoenix arizona san antonio texas fayetteville north carolina greenwood mississippi belize city belize Baltimore, Maryland, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, Memphis, Tennessee, Columbus, Georgia, Hampton, Virginia, Gadsden, Alabama, Woodbridge, Virginia, Oxford, North Carolina, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Hobbs, New Mexico, College Park, Georgia, Cedar Bluff, Alabama, Temecula, California, Newport News, Virginia, Lusby, Maryland, and Opelika, Alabama as i always say we love to invite new listeners to our radio family so if you tell me where you are listening from i will shout your city out next week as i said we are broadcasting live from our studios at the wwe real 1100 am studio here in atlanta you can stream this show on www.real1100.com And you can watch on our Facebook page, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. So, hey again to my Facebook family. Hope you all are doing well. Catch the rebroadcast. This show broadcasts several times throughout the week here on WWE, Real 1100 AM. We also have our YouTube page. Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, please like and subscribe to that. We are a part of the Old Fashioned Health Network, and this show also streams on that Facebook page. And so you can watch it anytime you want if you happen to not catch us uh, when we are live. We are also part of the 22.3 Takeover Vegas radio family, and this show broadcasts on Sundays, at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. So if you don't catch us on Thursdays, you can catch us on Sunday morning. Please follow us on social media. On Facebook, we are Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. On Instagram, at Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. And on Twitter, at Minutes Doctor. We now have over a 1,000 followers on Facebook. And I have to tell you all some some good news. And I am tremendously um excited about this. So as you know, back in the fall, we joined 22.3 Takeover Vegas Radio. And so far, you know, my producer there sent me uh, some demographics about how we are doing, how the show is doing um, there. So now collectively, the station has over, has reached over a million listeners, which is incredible to think that that many people might be listening to what I have to say, which is just, it's kind of crazy to me that that is happening, but that is impressive and amazing. And I am grateful for everyone who takes time out to listen to to little old me here. Now, your favorite health and wellness show has been nominated for several awards. This year we are nominated uh, in the 22.3 Takeover Vegas Radio uh, as they are having their third annual radio awards. We are nominated for favorite talk show, the People's Choice Award. Radio Personality of the Year, The Lit Award, Best New Radio Personality, The Team Spirit Award, Sexiest Radio Voice, Your Favorite Variety Show. But I need your help because this is a um, a crowdsourced, if you will, contest. Uh, and so I need you to text Carisa C-A-R-I-S-A, to 702-872-1080. Please vote often and the winners will be announced at the end of March and the ceremony happens, I believe, the first week in April. So we're down to the wire. All righty. Now, on to our COVID update for today. So worldwide, we are at 396.5 million cases of COVID and 5.7 million deaths worldwide. Worldwide, 10.1 billion, with a B, vaccine doses have been administered. In the United States, we're at 75.9 million cases and an unfortunate 895,000 deaths. And in the United States, 527.8 million vaccine doses have been administered. And in spite of all of that, we are still not at herd immunity levels. So I will encourage you all, um, you know, please feel free to ask me, you know, you see me on Facebook. um, Please feel free to ask me any questions that you may have um, about the vaccine. Should you get it? Should you not? I'm going to answer that one for you. Um, Unless there is a medical reason why you shouldn't get the vaccine, then you most certainly should get it. So in the news with COVID, Um, Despite the CDC not easing any masking recommendations as of yet, several states are easing their mask mandates on their own. They are um, following the science of their individual states uh, and making these decisions. Um, You know, there was a meeting of the governors with the Biden administration, where, as I understand it, there was a call for um, clear guidance as to the path out of out of this pandemic and how we convert this pandemic to an endemic because it seems that COVID is here to stay. So, what measures do we all need to take uh, to mitigate our risk, but still kind of get back out into the new normal as our lives um, will be? So, we are all awaiting those guidelines from the Biden administration and from the CDC. But in these states. In New York, Governor Kathy Hochul is expected to drop requirements that businesses ask customers for um, proof of vaccination or requiring them to wear masks. Um, and of course, that has become a, a point of contention because several employees, uh, you know, have been insulted and assaulted Uh, When asking customers to comply with with the rules and customers don't want to. And so several businesses have had issue with that because they feel and I agree that their customers should not have to be the mask and vaccine police uh, at the doors of these establishments. So that may be coming in 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 the next coming day, couple of days, I guess, in New York. In New Jersey this week, uh, Governor Philip Murphy announced that New Jersey would no longer require students and school employees uh, to wear masks. Now, of course, you know, this is based upon the science of, um, you know, what's going on in New Jersey, uh, according to Governor Murphy. And so, you know, that will become, um, may become a point of contention because, of course, the federal mandates still are what they are. They have not been been eased at all. Other states, California, Connecticut, Delaware, and Oregon, all have moved to lift some of their mask mandates um, there. And so I want to know, Medical Minutes family, what do you all think of that? What do you think about lifting mask mandates when we have not reached herd immunity several people um, more than several lots of people um, are unvaccinated um, what do you think about lifting these mask mandates hit me up on facebook and let me know what you think Alrighty, that is our opening segment we're going to take a brief break and we'll be back i am dr carissa you are listening to medical minutes with dr carissa we'll be right back after a short break
1: Are you looking for compassionate, knowledgeable, and affordable pet care? Then Just for Pets Wellness Center is just right for you. We are located in the Bella Rosa Shopping Plaza at 8911 Daniels Parkway, Suite 7 in Fort Myers, Florida. We are open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And on Saturdays, by appointment. Call us today at 239-270-5721 or visit us at www.just4petsfl.vet. And we're on Facebook and Instagram, too. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about EnMass.com.
2: If you are a certified medical professional, fitness trainer, author, or chef, Old Fashioned Health would love to promote your services or product on the Old Fashioned Health radio show. Please reach out to us. Call 404-793-3960 or email us at oldfashionedhealth@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also contact us at oldfashionedhealth.com. Old Fashioned Health, good health inside and out.
0: And welcome back. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, your favorite health and wellness show. And I am your happy host, Dr. Carissa. As this month, February, is Heart Health Month, we are talking about heart disease. And I'm sure you have seen it all over the place where we go. Everybody's going red for for heart disease, which is a good thing. And so I want to tell you all this past weekend, I uh, was a speaker at a virtual health fair that was hosted by the lovely ladies of Alpha Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, the Alpha Alpha Sigma Omega chapter. And I want to thank the ladies for for hosting me and having me and asking such great questions. So I actually love to, to speak about health issues and educate people um, about health topics because I feel very strongly and that's kind of the, the lifeblood of this show um, is, is empowering people about their health through education about health topics. And so, you know, whenever I get a chance to do that, I'm always happy to do it. And, and the ladies were, were so gracious um, as to have me this weekend. So I decided that I am going to share with you all um, that talk that I gave this weekend. But before we do that, I want to um, just do a little Black History Month since we're talking about the heart. Let me tell you just a little bit about Dr. Daniel Hale-Williams. Dr. Daniel Hale-Williams was the first uh, physician, not black, not white, the first physician, he happened to be an African-American man, to successfully perform open heart surgery. And so, you know, that is definitely pioneering because that is a, a life-saving surgery that happens way op- more often than, than it should, but uh, it's necessary. And so, you know, so we are, are thankful to Dr. Hale Williams for pioneering the techniques that allow us to, to save so many lives today. All righty. So now talking about the heart, the heart is a very strong, yet at the same time, very fragile fist size organ that uh, none of the other organs in our body can live without. So, you know, oftentimes, you know, people ask me, you know, well, what is the most important organ? Is it the brain? Is it the heart? Is it the kidneys? Um, and it kind of all works together, of course, um, but I would say that the heart kind of ekes out all of the others because of what it does. The heart has the solitary duty of pumping blood with its life-sustaining oxygen and nutrients to every organ of the body, and returning that blood back to the heart to be sent to the lungs to be reoxygenated, and 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 then starting the cycle over and over and over again. The heart is a a four-chambered organ made of highly specialized muscle. And the four chambers, um, you have two on the right and two on the left, and the four of them work in concert with each other to um, pump your blood. And it is a, um, the heart, I think, is is my favorite organ um, because of its, masterful design and simplicity as to how it works but it's not really as simple as it sounds so the functional mechanics that go into every single heartbeat are a masterful marriage of pressure gradient flow dynamics contractility and timing and just think all of this happens without you having to even think about it. So, let's get into it. So, heart disease is the number one cause of death across the board. Um, More so, the number one cause of death in women and also in women of color. One in 16 women have coronary artery disease and numbers wise, there are 2,300 cardiovascular deaths every day in this country. And so what we have here in, according to the American Heart Association, in non-Hispanic blacks age 20 and older, 60% of males and 57% of females have cardiovascular disease. That's a lot of people, right? And 47% of all Americans across the board, no matter your race or gender, have at least one risk factor for heart disease. So when we talk about the risk factors, I always like to divide things into um, two camps, if you will, right? So there are the things that you can change and the things that you can't change. So talking about the things that you can't change or the non-controllable risk factors for heart disease. So your age, I don't care what you tell people, your real age is what it is. I know someone who, and I'm not going to call any names, um, but she has been 29 for many, many years. Uh, and now even that I am not I'm way older than 29, um, that she tells people that I'm her older sister. Not calling out any names, though. So we'll let her be 29. But in reality, she is really as old as she really, really is. And none of us can control that. Your gender, you are born male or female uh, from a genetic standpoint. And you can't really change that, even if you change your outward Um, your outward genitalia. So you can change that, but you cannot change what you are born as. You cannot change your ethnicity. Whatever your ethnicity is, it is. And you also can't change your family history or genetics. So, you know, you can't change your family, even if you want to. I don't. My family is absolutely wonderful. But if you wanted to change them, you just can't. So whatever genes have all combined to make you, you, um, those things are what they are. And sometimes those family histories can come with, um, with some risk factors there, right? So those are the things that we cannot change. Um, things that we can change, smoking. So if you are a smoker, you increase your risk, I believe about 16 times your risk of developing cardiovascular disease and having a negative outcome. And by negative outcome, we mean death uh, as a result of having cardiovascular disease or heart disease. Uh, And how that works, smoking contributes to the development of atherosclerosis. And that is a great big word that means plaque. And these plaques build up on the inside of your blood vessels and they make the the lumen or the size of the hole that your blood vessel is, makes it much smaller, right? So think of it as a garden hose. And inside the garden hose, you have a lot of corrosion and gunk and all kinds of stuff built up inside the garden hose. Well, you'll notice that, you know, when you first get that garden hose, the, the water flows through it quite freely, forcefully, strongly, and there's a full stream that happens, right? But over time, when all of that corrosion and such things build up inside that blood vessel, you may notice that the water trickles out. It doesn't come out with that with that full force that it did when, when the hose was new. And that's kind of the same with our blood vessels, that if we have atherosclerosis, um, the amount of blood that is transported through the blood vessel is lessened because the size of the lumen is made smaller, and that also increases pressure. So the heart has to work harder against that pressure to, de- to de- deliver, excuse me, um, the oxygen and nutrients through through the blood flow. There, okay. Um, high blood pressure, hypertension. Also leads to um, more severe cardiovascular disease. High cholesterol, because the cholesterol creates those plaques. That's usually um, what those, uh, what the atherosclerotic plaques are made of. It's cholesterol. So you know a lot of fat and such things have built up there. Diabetes also contributes to uh, heart disease. Being overweight or diagnosed with obesity eating an unhealthy diet, physical inactivity, and drinking too much alcohol. Now you may ask Dr. Carissa, how does drinking too much alcohol have an effect on developing the heart heart disease? And I'm gonna tell you. So alcohol in excess can lead to a weakening of the heart muscle in and of itself. And so when your heart muscle weakens, it does not pump as effectively as it should. And so therefore, you know, if it isn't pumping as effectively, it has to work harder. So it has to work faster, uh, which is not, you don't want to overstrain your heart. So telling you about your heart muscle and, and why it is so special and so different and so fragile So if I asked you to lift weights, you could build a bicep, right? And as you lifted heavier weights, that bicep muscle would get stronger and stronger, and perhaps even bigger and bigger and stronger, right? The heart works in the exact opposite way. The harder you make the heart work, the weaker it actually becomes. It will become bigger Um, because we will see that with uh, congestive heart failure, that the heart becomes much larger than it normally was, but it more so is a stretchy kind of thing. It isn't a building muscle um, phenomenon like you see with the rest of our muscles, where the more you make it work, it gets bigger, it gets stronger. If your heart gets bigger, it gets weaker. And so of course, then you are not delivering um, blood and nutrients and oxygen out to the body as efficiently and effectively um, as you need to. So that is how, how alcohol um, does that. So now, when we talk about diet, one of the things that we, we talk about is um, your, your salt intake. So I was explaining to the ladies this weekend about salt sensitivity, and that is a genetic predisposition where, you know, you may see some people that just pour salt on their food and nothing ever happens to them. They're just pouring it on like it's like it's water. Well, then there are some people who will eat salt and will react to it more strongly than others. And so, you know, they they may be the people that you see that will eat something salty and the next thing you know, their feet and ankles are swollen. That's kind of a clue that you may be salt sensitive. Um, You know, other measurements, you know, there's blood tests and such things that we can do um, to predict who is salt sensitive and who is not. Um, But that is kind of one of the telltale signs. um, If you're at home and, you know, you just happen to, you know, have a salt lick there and, you know, you're having a good time eating all of your salty food. Now, I will say, you know, and, and I always wanna take a pause, because I don't wanna beat up on anyone because of their dietary habits, because sometimes your dietary habits are what they are because of factors that are out of your control. So for example, um, many people live in food deserts where they cannot or do not have access to fresh, healthy foods, right? So that's not really their fault. Then when we look at, you know, the the economics of healthy eating. And that reminds me I should do a show about that. That's a good idea. Anyway, the economics of healthy eating. So have you ever noticed if you're in the store or if you're in a restaurant that it is much more expensive to purchase healthy foods than it is the quick and easy foods. Right? So for example, if you go to a fast food restaurant, why is a salad so much more costly than a hamburger? Right, the salad is the healthier choice. The hamburger is the cheaper choice. And so if you are someone who is, you know, living within a, a severely restricted budget, you have a lot of mouths to feed, um, you know, then, then the dollar hamburger seems like a good idea at the time because at least you have provided a meal for your family Not the healthiest meal, but a meal. And so many Americans are having to make these types of choices, right? Um, And so, you know, so we have to look at that. Now, the next thing, salt is everywhere. It is almost unavoidable. And so when you look at your, if you're not buying fresh fruits and vegetables, and you're having to buy canned fruits and vegetables, Um, you need to look at the label on your food and you will be amazed at how much salt is in your food. Now, there's a reason for that. And again, it goes back to the economics of it. Salt is a very cheap preservative. And so it makes it more cost efficient to preserve food and so that's why your canned goods can sit up on the shelf for you know years and still be quote unquote good because of the salt that they use so if you have let's say you have a can of green beans right and you have um, and you're going to get those and you're going to cook them what you should do is rinse them don't cook them in the juice that they were stored in in the can because that juice is very very salty and therefore you will be ingesting that. Now, when you rinse off your vegetables, you do rinse away some of the salt, but still not all of it, right? So, you know, so there, you know, even if you don't use any table salt, um, you know, you have uh, perhaps exceeded your recommended daily allowance of sodium or of salt. Now, I have looked at how much sodium um, or how much salt should you eat in a day, and I've seen, anywhere from 1,600 um, milligrams to uh, 2,300 milligrams, which is not a whole lot. So for example, and I looked at some um, looked at some um, from food labels and um, one of the food labels, it was a, a can, a canned vegetable. And in one serving, there was like 900 milligrams of sodium in one serving. Now, you may say to me, Dr. Carissa, you just told me I can eat uh, 2,300 milligrams of sodium in a day. Yes, I did. Now, here is the trick part. The serving size. Now, in that can of of vegetable, I want to say it was green beans. In that can, there were 2.5 servings. So if you eat... That whole can, I don't know who's eating a whole can of green beans, but maybe you like them that much and I'm not judging you, right? Um, But if you eat that 2.5, you have now eaten your daily allowance of sodium. So are you just eating green beans in the whole day? No. Other foods that you eat are going to have sodium in them too. And so you see how very easy it is to, um, to exceed your recommended daily allowance of sodium. And we all do it. Because I can't tell you until I had to prepare for this talk, I did not really, I look at labels some, but not really a whole lot and what the serving size is and and so on and so forth. No, it wasn't, I don't think it was green beans. It was soup. So I I love chicken noodle soup. And in the soup, it was like two, that can was like two servings or two and a half servings in the whole can. And one serving size had, you know, eight or 900 milligrams um, of sodium which was crazy because, you know, I will eat a whole can of soup. And I'm sure many of you, you know, especially now that it's cold, um, eating, you know, a whole can. And so, you know, and I'm not rinsing that. So that's a lot of sodium that you um, you and I um, are, are taking in in a meal. Another thing is with snacks. So, you know, if you are a potato chip, a potato chip lover, um, you will see that your serving size—you know—you may have three or four hundred milligrams of sodium in a serving size, but then a serving size is like five potato chips. Who is eating five potato chips and saying that's it? I'm at five. I'm done. I don't know anybody who's who's doing that. I know when I eat potato chips, I'm not doing that, right? So again, you have to watch as to how it's being um, being brought in uh, to the foods that you eat. Now, when is chest pain an emergency? So of course, being an emergency room physician, I think that chest pain is probably the complaint that I see the most. And I'm sure that my other colleagues in ER would agree. And I always tell people, um, you know, number one, not all chest pain is heart pain right? So not all chest pain is a heart attack or a warning sign of a heart attack, but all chest pain deserves evaluation. I am a big proponent of it is better to be safe than sorry. And to that end, let me just just say this, you know, I know that the wait times are long in the emergency room, um, you know, and for a lot of reasons, right? Um, And so people, may tend to say, you know, I don't want to go to the emergency room. I am going to go to the urgent care because they'll get me in and out quicker and yada, yada, yada. Do not go to the urgent care with chest pain. Come to the emergency room because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get to the urgent care. You're going to tell them they have chest pain and they're going to send you to the emergency room anyway. And what has happened if you are having a heart attack You have wasted valuable time being where you didn't need to be. We say in in medicine that time is brain when we talk about strokes. Time is also heart when we talk about heart attacks. And so, the quicker you get to medical treatment or medical intervention, the better it is for you and the more likely chance that you will, one, survive, and um, two, you know, have just a good outcome without a whole lot of um, leftover deficits. So you definitely, if you're having chest pain, you definitely, definitely, please, 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 please just go directly to the emergency room. Um, And of course, how the emergency room works, we work under the system called triage, so We don't do first come, first serve. We look at the severity of your complaint and weigh that against the likelihood of a bad outcome if we do not act quickly. And chest pain is one of those things that we act on quickly, okay? So just make me that promise that you'll do that. Now, when is chest pain an emergency? So you have your typical symptoms and we all have seen the commercials when we talk about heart disease, right? Um, You will see usually it's a white male and he may be slumped over and kind of grabbing the left side of his chest, which is where your heart is, right? Um, He may be experiencing angina or angina, depending on where where you're from. And that is a dull and heavy or sharp chest pain or discomfort. So angina is one of those things that is hard for patients to describe to me, because often people will say to me, you know, I don't know, it feels like it's not exactly pain, it feels like pressure. For me, that is the same thing. Um, Or I'll have some people that say, you know, it feels like an elephant sitting on my chest. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty uh, vibrant description of what's going on with you. In addition to that pain in your chest, you may have, and you may have one of these symptoms or all of these symptoms, you may have pain in the neck, jaw, or throat, usually on the left side. You may have pain in your upper abdomen or going through to your back. You may have nausea and vomiting and sweating along with this discomfort these symptoms can happen when you are resting or when you are even doing regular daily activities so I've had people to come to me with heart attacks and they were doing absolutely nothing so they say they were sitting in a recliner and they had this chest pain and decided to come in now your atypical symptoms or the symptoms that are not so obvious right Nausea, vomiting, feeling fatigued, feelings of indigestion or heartburn, shortness of breath, dizziness or palpitations or feeling that your heart is beating, is beating funny or irregularly. Now, heart disease in women may not even have chest pain. We tend to have heart attacks that are um, what we call silent right, because they don't have the typical symptoms that we, um, that we anticipate that a heart attack is, the chest pain, the going to the left, you know, the radiation to the left side. Um, and so that is one of the reasons why heart disease kills more women, kills so many women, I guess I should say, is because we don't recognize the symptoms of heart attack in women as having a heart attack. Right? So when we look at the atypical symptoms, like I'm gonna focus on fatigue, I don't know one working woman who isn't tired. Right? But is every tired woman having a heart attack? No. But when you look at your fatigue level, if it is in excess from what you normally experience and you haven't had any change in your activity, that's something to take note of. So if you are having heartburn, you know, your heart and your stomach sit very, very close to one another, and that is why you can have pain there that feels like heart pain, or even if you're having a heart attack, the pain feels like heartburn or indigestion. And it is because of the proximity um, of those two organs in your body. But if you have, you know, you're starting to have some heartburn, let's say, and you've taken a Tums or whatever antacid you want to take and that pain is still going on, don't keep taking Tums. Come to the emergency room because something may be be going on. Um, And as I said, women more often have atypical symptoms and heart disease in women is called the silent killer. Now, no two people will experience heart disease in the same way. So if you are not feeling well, you should be evaluated as soon as possible. So, you know, as I said, some people will have the typical symptoms and some people will not, right? Um, So for example, whether you are a male or female, if you are diabetic, you may have more atypical symptoms and not feel chest pain at all because the diabetes perhaps has damaged the nerves that control the expression of pain. So you see how all of that, how all of that works in together there. So I always say, always, always when people come to me and they think they're having a heart attack and I'm very happy to tell them that they are not, that perhaps they just have heartburn. And they say, gosh, I'm so sorry that I came here, you know, and I wasted this time to do yada, yada, yada. And now I'm not having a heart attack and I feel kind of silly that I got so worked up and came here. And I always tell people, it is better to have heartburn in the emergency room than to have a heart attack at the house, because at least in the emergency room, we can figure it out, right? So now, we talked about these risk factors and the things that you can can control and can't control. Now, how do you reduce your risk of having heart disease? Number one, knowledge, and you know, like I said, I'm always talking about being knowledgeable. Um, And so this knowledge that I'm referring to is knowing your family history where, you know, as, as much as you possibly can. Now, I will say this is probably more challenging because many families are somewhat secretive about what goes on within the family, right? Um, you know, you may be a younger person coming to an older person and, you know, may be told that's none of your business. Well, it is your business, kind of, right? Because you want to know if grandma has heart disease, you need to know that. So that way you can have that discussion with your primary care physician and include that in your risk factor. Because once we um, once we figure out risk factors, then there are strategies that we can implement Um, through testing and regular monitoring and such things that can mitigate your risk for developing heart disease, right? So, you know, sit down with, you know, mom, dad, uncles, aunts, grandparents, um, and, and just ask, you know, do we have any heart disease in the family? Do we have diabetes in the family? Do we have cancer in the family? These are things that are important to know. You want to have regular checkups with your doctor. And this weekend, one of the ladies asked me, well, how often should I go to the doctor? At least once a year, you should go. Now, of course, if you have a chronic disease, you may go more often, um, you know, for your checkups or to check to make sure that a therapy is working or not working or whatever. Um, But at least once a year, you should have your annual physical. Now when you go when you want to have your annual physical and you call up your primary care doctor you want to tell them that i want my yearly physical and the reason that you want to do that is because the yearly physical usually takes a little while longer and so it has to be built into the schedule right it has to be built into the schedule and so what you don't want is to get scheduled for your 15-minute regular routine follow-up visit and then go in and say, hey, um, oh yeah, I'm here for my blood pressure check, and by the way, I wanted to have a physical. That is not gonna happen all in that same 15 minute visit, nor should it. You wanna make sure that you have the time to to talk about everything that is going on with you um, and have your doctor explain what, what they're going to do with you. You want to know and control your chronic diseases. So controlling your blood pressure Controlling your diabetes, controlling your cholesterol level. You want to limit your alcohol intake. Uh, now, when we look at glasses of wine, the limit for men is two glasses a day. The limit for women is one glass a day. Um, and I want to say when we look at hard liquor, they judge that by ounces. And I want to say it may be two to one. I'll have to look that up uh, and I'll, I'll report that to you all. Um, two ounces for men one ounce uh, for women in terms of alcohol intake you want to manage your stress because of course you know stress can raise your blood pressure and if you are chronically stressed you may have a chronically elevated blood pressure so you want to make sure that you you know have a balanced life and you know last month we talked about self-care and this is kind of where that that comes in right because if you are um, always working and always under demand from whatever is going on in your life that can create stress and can you know manifest itself in a way in your body that may be harmful down the road so you want to make sure that you have things that are you know you have a release valve right of some sort so that way you have balance in your life you want to make healthy food choices as as much as you can and as much as your budget and environment will allow and also you want to quit smoking now that is i left that for last because that is one of the hardest things to do Um, there was a study many many years ago Um, that I had a chance to look at. And it said that between quitting smoking and quitting cocaine, quitting smoking was the harder to quit, which blew my mind, right? Um, And so I will post a link to uh, some tips on how to quit smoking. I'll do that immediately after this broadcast. And if you are smoking, I really, really encourage you um, to quit because the longer you quit, you reduce your risk for not only heart disease, um, but for cancer and other lung diseases as well. Now, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up the show for this week. I'm Dr. Carissa Hines. You are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa.
1: I choose Just for Pets Wellness Center, compassionate pet care services featuring an experienced veterinary team to superior customer service in a caring and friendly environment. We offer individual attention and tailored treatment for each pet. Visit our website for more information at www.justthenumber4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721 sure to listen to the wellness enclave with dr donna sewell a podcast that explores emotional health and its impact on everyday life in the enclave we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life such as physical health relationships spirituality and even decision making the wellness enclave with dr sewell can be found on apple podcast and spotify
2: hi there healthy people do you have a healthy product or service if you are a certified medical professional, fitness trainer, author, or chef, Old Fashioned Health would love to promote your services or product on the Old Fashioned Health radio show. Please reach out to us. Call 404-793-3960 or email us at oldfashionedhealth@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also contact us at oldfashionedhealth.com. Old Fashioned Health, good health inside and out.
0: Alrighty, welcome back. You are listening to your favorite health and wellness radio show, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am your host, Dr. Carissa, and welcome back. We're going to wrap up our show today with our vitamin C, as we usually do. Um, the first thing I'm actually going to do, two kind of two things, kind of today, if you will allow me to. Um, as it is Black History Month, um, I found this quote by Mr. Marcus Garvey, and it resonated with me. Um, tremendously and I wanted to share that with you and when we talk about knowledge and knowledge is power Marcus Garvey is quoted as saying never forget that intelligence rules the world and ignorance carries the burden therefore remove yourself as far as possible from ignorance and seek as far as possible to be intelligent now you know we can extrapolate that across a, a lot of topics, but as it pertains to your health, being ignorant about what's going on in your body can be deadly. And that is an incredible burden to carry. So I definitely want you all to be health intelligent. How about that? Now, love, as it is almost Valentine's Day, and it is the the heart month right and so it is the month of love and the month of hearts franklin jones is quoted as saying love doesn't make the world go round love is what makes the ride worthwhile in life we should pursue and possess all kinds of love and did you know there were eight different types of love there is agape the love of humanity philia the love of being part of a team Pragma, an enduring love. Storage, the love of that comes from relationships, family, and friends. Ludus, the playful and fun, exciting love. Maybe that is the first blush of love, right? Eros, which is the romantic, sensual, and sexual love. And of course, in my most humble opinion, the most important love is Philantia, self-love. It is self-love that I think we practice least, or at least not as well as we should. And so today, and every day, taking care of our health is a very important act of self-love. If we don't take great care of ourselves, how are we able to be an effective caregiver or caretaker of anyone else. So just a little food for thought. So I want to wish you all a happy Valentine's Day. And if no one tells you that they love you, you have two, I'm going to tell you, I love you. And you should look in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you. Thank you all so much for joining me this week on my most favorite hour of the week. I hope that we meet again next Thursday. Next Thursday, we will actually have um, our first uh, in our Survivor Series. We'll be talking with um, a woman who is living with heart disease. And until that time, until we meet again, my friends, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Take care. This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week.